can use this can. Why wait, right? So what are you waiting for? Who wants to experience peace and joy and hope and love? You want to experience that, right? So why are we waiting, right? Why wait? Tomorrow is guaranteed for no one. We have this moment. We have here. We have now. We have today. So let's find that peace within ourselves and share that peace with the world. Why wait? We've been sharing this story of the peace pilgrim and her steps towards inner peace as, as she guided us on this way. And, and hers has been such an amazing story, right? Starting walking in 1953, walking thousands of miles, bringing attention to the idea not only of world peace, but the idea that we will not really achieve world peace until we find that place of inner peace. And so she walked, and she walked, and she walked for, from 1953 to 1981. And then, a bit of irony, really, this woman who had walked and walked so many miles, who devoted the last years of her life to walking, was in a car on her way to giving a talk when that car was hit and Peace Pilgrim was killed. Why wait? You know, what, what she showed us is that if we listen within and we do what is ours to do in every moment, not waiting, but doing what God is calling us to do, that that's, that's it. That's all we have to do. And then the beauty of that is she did that and here we are, right, 38 years later, talking about these teaching skills, learning what it is to find that place of inner peace, finding the steps to get us there because the work that she did because she didn't wait. And so her death isn't a tragedy, right? We know that she's set free from this body. And she left us these teachings to transform our lives. Why wait? Why would any of us wait? So today we're finishing our final two relinquishments. Our relinquishment of attachments and negative feelings. And it is multi-generational Sunday. We've got our children here. And, and I have read, you know, we learn best through play, through song, through story. So we're going to do all of that today. Because the kids are here with us today. And because why not? Right? that place of playfulness within. So I'm going to invite the kids, if they'd like to come up, I've got a story I'd like to read to you. So there's a bunch of kids not paying attention down there. You guys want to hear a story? No? <laughs> want to hear? You can come up if you'd like. I'm not going to force anyone. Maybe you don't really want to hear a story. Come on up here on the steps with me, all right? I'm going to sit right up here with you guys. Have a seat such good sports to come up, even when you don't want to, right? Oh, man, if I have to. So Scott gave me this book, and it's called Mean Soup. Anybody ever feel mean? You guys ever feel mean? Do you ever feel mean? No, Delilah says, no, I don't ever feel mean. Do you feel mean sometimes, Jake? Because you're a tiger, Oh, he's a tiger in the Chinese New Year, so that's just automatic. You've sometimes got meanness in you. Yeah? Yeah? You got things? 
Do you have things that create that feeling of being mean inside of you, anybody? No? Let's see. So we, let's see what the book has to say and see if you can understand uh, or, or identify with any of this. So this is a book about Horace called Mean Soup. It had been a bad day for Horace. He forgot the answer to question number three. And Zelda, Zelda gave him a love note. And Lulu, the show-and-tell cow, she stepped on his toes. And as if that wasn't enough, his mother sent Miss Pearl to pick him up from school. And she swerved and screeched and nearly killed three poodles before they made it home. What? Three pink ones. Horace felt so mean, he stepped on a flower. His mother said hello, and Horace kissed. Can you guys kiss? Can you do that? Do you ever do that? When your mother turns the light. Now listen to this. His mother said, how was your day? And Horace growled. Can you guys growl? Urgh. Right? And Horace and his mother said, did you thank Miss Pearl? And Horace fell on the floor. Let's make soup, his mother said. Horace lay still. He felt mean. He didn't want to make soup. This is where your part's coming in. Your part as well. His mother filled a pot with water and set it on the stove. And when the water got hot, she threw in some salt. Okay. Then taking a breath, she screamed into the pot like this. Ah! Can you guys do that? There you go. Okay, all together now. You're all together now. Ready? Some of you were better than others. Your turn, she said. So Horace got onto the stool and screamed too. And his mother screamed louder. And so Horace growled and bared his teeth. All right, here's our, right? Urgh! All of you too, ready? Right? Growled and bared his teeth. The water started to boil. And so his mother stuck out her tongue, and Horace stuck out his tongue 20 times. Ready? So sticking out her tongue, going, ah! All right, all of you. Ah! Did you do it? Sticking out your tongue and warning. He banged the pot with a spoon, right? And he breathed his best. Rag and breath. All right, ready? Can you guys do that? Okay. And then he smiled. And his mother smiled too. What's the name of this recipe, said Horace. And his mother said, Mean soup. And they stood together stirring away their bad day. Ah! Ah! Do you guys have no meanness in you to get out? Ah, no. 
So what do you do when you have that meanness inside of you? How do you let it out? How do you let it out? You don't know? How do you let it out, Jake? Oh, usually you put it all on your mom. And your mom's over there shaking her head. Yep. How about you, Delilah? How do you get out your meanness? All right. Well, I'm going to talk to them and see how they get out their meanness. So do you guys want to go back in color? Thanks for coming and reading the book with me.
And they don't know. They don't know how to manage those big feelings. You know, and so this week, Zoe got mad at me and she hit me. Right? Well, then she's free. But how do we do the same thing? Maybe we've learned not to hit each other with physical. But how else do we hit each other? Through the words that we use, right? Right. Through the ignoring. Right? How do we react in each of those moments if we don't find a healthy way to deal with our feelings? So we're taught and we're told, science has told us that if we just allow ourselves to feel those feelings, give them space, recognize them, wow, I am feeling so angry right now. And allow ourselves to actually feel the feelings, how long will it take for those feelings to pass through us? A little more than that. 90 seconds. Yeah, not much more than 30, but 90 seconds. That's what science has taught us. Feelings, emotions are nothing more than energy and motion, and they are nothing more than chemical responses occurring in our brain. And if we just let them go and let them flow through us, even if in that moment we've got to go, ugh, just to let them out, in 90 seconds they'll be gone. But what do we do? We attach a story to those feelings. So that when we have shown up and we didn't know the answer like Horace here, we begin to attach a story to what that means about who I am. See, I told you I'm not good enough. I never get this right. When somebody pushes our buttons and our defenses come up, we create a story around ourselves about what that relationship means or what that argument means or fill in the blank, and we carry those stories with us, and we ruminate, and we ruminate, and we ruminate, or maybe I should switch to I, because that's what I do. Anybody else do that? And those stories attached to those feelings that then keep the feelings going, that feeling of anger, that feeling of hurt, that feeling of betrayal, that feeling of unforgiveness, that feeling of fill in the blank as we connect the story to it and keep that story going in our mind. What does it rob us of? But our sense of peace. So it's our final relinquishment. The relinquishment of negative thoughts and negative ideas. Right? So I want to share with you as I have been from Peace Pilgrim's own words, these two relinquishments, these two final ones. This is what she says. This is from page 12 of the book, Steps Towards Inner Peace. If you've not picked one up yet, we do still have some available, so be sure to do that today. There's the third relinquishment, and that is the relinquishment of all attachments. Material things must be put into proper place. They are there for use. It's all right to use them. That's what they're there for. But when they've outlived their usefulness, be ready to relinquish them and perhaps pass them on to someone who does need them. Anything that you cannot relinquish when it has outlived its usefulness possesses you. And in this materialistic age, a great many of us are possessed by our possessions and we are not free. Now listen, it's not just materiality that we have, that we have uh, attached ourselves to, right? 
We attach ourselves to feeling certain ways. We attach ourselves to feeling like the victim sometimes. We attach ourselves to feeling that place of blame. We attach ourselves to those ideas and not willing to relinquish them. How many times I've heard myself say, I know I should get over this, but dang it, I just want to feel mad. Anybody do that? I heard it yet. (laughs) We attach ourselves to feeling these feelings without being willing to let them go. She goes on to say there's another kind of possessiveness. You do not possess any other human being, no matter how closely related they may be. No husband owns his wife, no wife her husband, and no parents own their children. When we think we possess people, there's a tendency to run their lives for them. And out of this develops an extremely inharmonious situation. Only when we realize that we do not possess them, that they must live in accordance with their own inner motivation, do we stop trying to run their lives for them. Then we discover that we are able to live in harmony with them. You are attached to the way someone in your life, your spouse, your parents, your child, your friend, your coworker, whoever, needs to show up. You're robbing yourself of your inner peace. You only have control over one person. And who is that? And then the last is the relinquishment of negative feelings. I want to mention just one negative feeling, which the nicest of people still experience, and that negative feeling is worry. Worry is not concern which would motivate you to do everything possible in a situation. Worry is useless mulling over of things that we cannot change. Let me mention just one technique. Seldom do you worry about the present moment. It's usually all right. Think about it right here, right now. Are you all right? Anything that you might be worried about. Isn't it something from the past or the future? Because right here, right now, we're all sitting in Unity Hall. And what a fabulous place to be, surrounded by these beloveds who are here with you, wanting to grow and understand the truth with you. It's a good place to be right here, right now. So if you worry, you agonize over the past, which you should have forgotten, or you're apprehensive about the future, which hasn't even come yet, and we tend to skim right over this present time. Since this is the only moment that one can live, if you don't live in it, you never get around to living at all. For me, every moment is an opportunity to be of service. Letting go of attachment and negative feelings. And entering fully and completely into this moment, this here, this now. And so when you become aware, you yourself, when you become aware of a negative feeling that you are carrying with you, and you know it's not good to push that down, what do you do? What are your coping strategies? How do you let it out? How do you make your own mean suit? What is it? Fight. Sometimes they go into fight. That's painful. That's suffering. There's no peace there. Can I take a breath? And can I just recognize that feeling? And then just let it go. How do we let it go? What do you do to let it go? Feel it. We have to feel it. 
self-talk, positive self-talk. You know, here is that anger rising up in me, and I know if I just acknowledge it, if I give a roar, ah! And then the laughter can come, right? And then I can recognize, oh, here, now I'm okay. Right? There's another technique that I'm teaching my granddaughter to deal with those big feelings that come up, and that's to breathe, right? To breathe. And so what we've been talking about is this idea that you want to breathe to smell the flower and then to blow out the candle. So do that with me. Smell the flower and blow out the candle. And if you can just sit with that for a few moments, you can move through the feeling. There's the technique of heart math that so many people here in the community are learning so we can bring it to you. But it's very simple, you know. Put your hand on your heart and allow yourself to just breathe. So many of the techniques have to do with the breath. Breathe. And as you breathe, to allow yourself to come to a feeling of joy, of love, of gratitude. And breathe with that. Access the wisdom of your heart. Heart math has proven that to do that, when you do that, when you sit and you breathe and you imagine something good, something lovely, something uh, that you're grateful for, you can again move through the feelings and access that inner wisdom to know what to do. Because here's the thing, we all have work to do, we all have conversations to have, we all have actions to take, but if you do it from that place of holding in that anger and uh, out into the world, it'll be a whole lot different. And if you just feel it, center, and then act, and you'll, you'll find that place of inner peace. I need work on this, friends. How about you? So what are we going to practice this week? We're going to practice being aware of the times that we're caught up in worry. Remember, the worry takes us out of the present moment, right? So how is this worrying arising either from the past or the future? Take a breath. Recognize I'm here now in this present moment and what blessing is here. Think about it right here, right now. What blessing is here? Here is that me. I heard love, friends, community. What blessing is here? Nature. What blessing is here? Find the blessing, and when you identify it, you will experience peace instead of that worry and let it go. So this is our practice. This is our practice. You probably have an opportunity to practice it before you leave these grounds today. So we'll practice it. So I want to end this with a fun song. Again, I knew the kids would be in here today, so Scott got me this song. And you're all going to join me in the chorus. And this is going to be our reminder as we leave, as we finish this series, this is going to be our reminder. This is going to the tune of the Battle Hymn of the Republic, and you're all going to join me in the chorus, okay? I wake up in the morning and I think that life is hard, and I sigh and roll my eyes back as I head into the yard. I think about the weather and I go into a snip. My mind thinks life is hard. Life is hard is a belief. Life is hard is a belief. Life is hard is a belief. It's 
I go into the bathroom and I wink, wince like I'm in pain when I look into the mirror and review the weight I've gained. Then I step into my office and I think that I have failed. My mind keeps marching on. Life is hard, it's a belief. Life is hard, it's a belief. Life is hard, it's a belief. It's time to change my mind. In the midst of all my thinking, I remember what was said by a great tangential master who has light above his head. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden it is light. These words will bring me home. Life with spirit can be easy. Life with spirit can be easy. Life with spirit can be easy when I choose to change my mind. When I wake up in the morning, I can hear my same mind called in a voice without a burden, and the words won't hurt at all. I'll be told to take it easy and keep ease upon my mind, the ease that sets me free. Life with spirit can be easy. Life with spirit can be easy. Life with spirit can be easy. I choose to let hard go. I'm choosing to be free of all the problems I have made. I will choose to put my mind on thoughts that really make me sane. I'll walk easy in my gardens and spread ease upon my mind. My life is going to change. I know my struggle is a habit. I know my burdens are like rabbits. They multiply with mine gymnastics. That's how I prove life's hard. My mind has gained its sanity. I know that I have changed. I have shed my mental burdens and the light of ease it came. I am walking in the easy and my life is never hard. Life's easy flow, call flows on. My life, my life, it is easy. My life, my life, it is easy. My life, my life, it is easy. The truth has set me free. All right, that's joy, right? Take that with you. And remember, life, life can be easy. Life can be easy. As we practice these 12 teachings that Peace Pilgrim gave, gave us, we can find that place of peace within. And in that way, we will see peace in the world. Life can be easy. Let's choose to change our minds. Thank you, and God bless.